Welcome to a milestone episode of the Scout with Brian podcast, episode 55-0, talking about John Gruden's resignation, cancel culture, and homophobia in sports, in particular in the NBA. Let's dive right into it. Let's call John Gruden's resignation that almost certainly would have been a firing if he hadn't done it first what it is. Cancel culture bullshit. Now, what John Gruden said in his emails wasn't okay. Should he have maybe stepped away from the team and definitely been given a suspension, forced to undergo sensitivity training, donate handsomely to charity? Sure. But the man losing his job over emails sent mostly around a decade ago is just insanity. To me, there's a crucial distinction here. At least from what we know now, John Gruden wasn't racist to anybody. He wasn't homophobic to anybody. He wasn't misogynistic to anybody. In Gruden's brief resignation statement, he said he never meant to hurt anybody. Here's the thing. He didn't. I'm sick of all this silence is violence bullshit. No. Violence is violence. Silence isn't fucking violence. Words are violent. Ever heard sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me? Words are benign, like silence. Stop it. Gruden was guilty of what we undeniably know to be true about most locker rooms in the world. Locker room talk is dirty. And masculine and hyper-masculine and not always the most PC. Listen, if you were going to fire every athlete that's ever used the word, I'm going to use a more acceptable one because it gets referenced a few times in this podcast, so I'll substitute and you'll know what I obviously mean. But if you were going to fire every athlete that's ever used the word maggot before, you'd have about five athletes left. If you fired every everyone that's ever called someone a wussy before, and I'm doing that again, obviously, you'd have none. How do I know this? Because I was in a locker room, literally, for four years. My office was actually inside the Wizards' locker room. And let me say this, regardless of the heat I know it'll bring, for a minority that has faced a lot of racism and bullshit and Reacted in turn by trying to cancel a whole bunch of people. Black people can't pretend to be without their own shortcomings, particularly when it comes to treatment of gay people. Let's talk about it. What do I mean? Well, there's a lot of homophobia in black culture. We know this is true. Most black people probably will admit this is true. Within the locker room? Yeah, it manifested in words. The maggot slur is thrown around pretty heavily. Block sucker. Most frequently, it's used in the indirect way Gruden did, to insult someone who's not even gay. But it also manifested sometimes in behaviors which, again, are far more dangerous than words or silence. For example, you may remember that Jason Collins was with the Wizards when he became the NBA's first openly gay player. And let me tell you from the inside, it was not always smooth sailing for him, not remotely. 
While the NBA masterfully runs the PR side and gets everyone to say all the right things, inside was a very different story. Some players literally refused to shower with him. We had a prominent star who was rather religious and would pretty openly say that he believed Collins was going to hell and he wasn't okay being naked around him. Inside coaches' meetings, Collins was often the butt of jokes. While coaches, again, outwardly appeared to be supportive and said all the right things to the press, the coaches' meetings frequently drifted deep into locker room talk. Joking about Collins as it pertained to genitalia, anal sex, showering, etc., etc. And here's the worst thing about it. Jason Collins was basically blackballed from the NBA for being gay. You might not remember this, but Collins, I believe, came out shortly after the season ended, at least publicly. Might have been somewhat of an open secret for a tiny bit before that. I can't remember, honestly, the exact way it went down. But remember this, Jason Collins was with the Celtics for 32 games prior to joining us, starting seven of them. He started two of his six games with us. He was what he was, certainly not a star, very limited offensively, but a solid defensive rebounding specialist who carved out an NBA role for himself. He was known as the Dwight Howard stopper. Stan Van Gundy said he played the best defense on Dwight Howard he'd ever seen. And at 34, he likely had a couple years left in him in a backup role, not certainly in his prime, but a couple years as a solid veteran. Jason Collins wasn't invited to a single training camp after coming out. Mind you, not talking about being signed, not talking about starting or getting minutes or a guaranteed roster spot or anything like that, he was not invited to a training camp. It wasn't until finally February of that next year that the Brooklyn Nets gave him a 10-day contract. It was a pretty open secret that they were maybe the only team that felt they could even do that, as in one of maybe the only locker rooms that wouldn't revolt from the mere notion of having a gay player inside it, thanks to the leadership of vets like KG and Paul Pierce. And it's also worth noting that the coach, who was friends with Collins and played a major role in his signing, Jason Kidd, is a favorite target of woke cancel culture Twitter. Many contend he should never work in the game again because of domestic violence allegations from nearly two decades ago or a DUI from almost a decade ago. But yeah, that was it. A 10-day, then rest-of-season deal with the Nets. Then it was over for Jason Collins. Not too unlike Colin Kaepernick, if you ask me, but the NBA gets to continue to profit off of Colin's name, use him in pushing their message of equality and tolerance, and is for the most part applauded as being this super woke, tremendously progressive organization. All the actual reaction to him on the inside was far from it, and black people, black players deserve some of the blame for that. So back to Gruden. What are his crimes? An email about 
Demoris Smith calling him Demoris and saying he has the lips of Michelin tires. Now look, truthfully, I was not even aware that there's a trope about black people having big lips. Maybe that's naive of me, maybe I live under a rock, and maybe it was racist and totally unacceptable. Gruden, for his part, at least claimed that he uses the expression rubber lips when he thinks someone is lying, explaining the Michelin reference. Is he being truthful? Who the hell knows? You're very welcome to think he wasn't, and that he pejoratively made fun of Smith's lips behind his back in a way that was racially insensitive. But is saying he had big lips in an email 10 years ago when everyone in the NFL was unhappy with Smith and a lockout was going on, is that a fireable offense? What else? He called Roger Goodell wussy and maggot. Bad language. Breaking news. Wussy in sports means soft. I've heard about a hundred different players, coaches, etc. use it. Not saying that makes it right. Not saying it shouldn't be phased out and taken out of the vernacular. But that's what it is, and anyone who's ever been in a locker room knows it. And for it to be printed in the New York Times and people react like Hitler has risen again, I mean, it's just so disconnected from the truth of sports and what goes on inside the locker room. The gay slur, more unacceptable in my opinion. But again, context does matter. Calling Jason Collins or Michael Sam a maggot a hate crime. Actionable. 1,000% unacceptable, like calling a black person the N-word. No place for it. Fireable offense. Gruden's use of it, talking about Roger Goodell. Like wussy, something that needs to be phased out. Even more urgently, in my opinion. But in context about a straight man to friends in a locker room type setting. Essentially the same word. He was saying he's soft. Hell, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Liberal darling actor, friend of the social justice warrior Jimmy Kimmel. He even got himself in hot water months ago for basically saying that until recently he'd used it in that manner. Pretty shocking admission from a woke superstar. Not super shocking to anyone familiar with Boston vernacular and how the word was used in Damon's area coming up. Even The Departed and his Boston-centric films. But an admission that still nearly got Damon canceled and was rather idiotic in today's climate to openly volunteer that information about his locker room-esque language. The point is, though, it's not reserved for seemingly red-blooded, conservative-leaning, hard-ass football coaches. Again, the connotation of female genitalia and homosexuality with softness, not good. I'd agree. Toxic locker room talk, not how I'd personally ever address a team or want a coach to address me or my team or my kids' team or anything like that but still something with deep roots that isn't eradicated overnight. I promise eradicated far more now than ever. Usage of those terms probably down 500% in the past 10-15 years. 
I witnessed it happen. Witnessed it being used less and less as people became more sensitive, aware, careful. And hopefully that's the case for Gruden. It may very well be. I don't know the exact timeline of all these emails, but many of them were 10 years ago. People learn, they evolve, they change, they do better, and we've stopped giving them a chance to. Language about Michael Sam, the NFL's first uh, drafted gay player, inappropriate. Something about he was mad at Goodell for making Jeff Fisher draft, quote-unquote, queers. We don't know the context of every single one of these emails presented out of context by the New York Times, but I know I've seen the the word used in basically satire, like Borat-esque. Texting, emails, you sometimes go raunchy, inappropriate comedy, and I truly hope... That's what this was, because obviously if it was 100% serious in referring to Sam, different from what I talked about earlier. It's directly about Sam, not to him, which yes, as much as people hate to admit, does make it a little less appalling than saying it to someone, but about him and wrong. But we have to acknowledge the possibility that it was used derisively or just to say that Gruden disapproved of Goodell essentially forcing Fisher to take Sam because he was gay. That criticism of saying that Goodell shouldn't have been interfering to make anybody be drafted solely on the basis of their sexuality would be rather fair. If Michael Sam was deserving of a draft pick, he should have been drafted. But if he was just used as a prop, if Goodell truly did insert himself at all and try to influence Sam's drafting solely on the basis of his sexuality, that's wrong and very unfortunate. People should be drafted on the basis of their abilities, not their race or sexuality or anything else, period. That's what we need to get to, and doing it instead as charity, it's counterproductive and bad for all parties. What else is in there? More that's flimsy, conjecture, politically motivated, calling Biden a wussy, a stance included mostly to try to likely villainize Gruden by painting him as conservative or MAGA, declaring that he stood against massive social movements in the NFL like the emergence of female referees, which seems like a pretty big leap by the times from Gruden apparently replying Nice job, Roger, to a meme about a female ref. Seriously, that's where they got that from, that he opposed female refs and, and was misogynistic, etc., because he replied, nice job, Roger, to a meme. That's the kind of thing that, who even knows what the heck the meme was? Who knows if it was a female ref that screwed up? Who knows if it was entirely joking, which it probably was, but now he's accused of being misogynist because he in a guy's email thread, replied, nice job, Roger, to a meme. He mocked Caitlyn Jenner, he mocked Goodell in the concussion protocol. Yeah, he's pretty much exactly what I sort of expected John Gruden would be, a red-assed football coach. Gruff, no-nonsense, wake up at 4 o'clock every single morning, 
on the verge of lunacy football coach. To me, it reads like a hit job, like somebody, like Roger Goodell, wanted Gruden out and leaked this info to a paper that would obviously fashion the emails in the aesthetically worst way possible for Gruden and try to lead to that ouster, which is basically blackmail by the highest ranking member of the NFL, which is illegal and shitty and driven by a personal vendetta, likely personal reaction to Gruden's private words about him, not any true desire to increase equality or tolerance. Here's what I know, again, from having been on the inside. Coaches run a 1,000 miles an hour. They are in it all day long, 24-7 in season. They frequently aren't the most tech-savvy. They do likely have a few text or email threads with buddies, coaching acquaintances, etc., where political correctness isn't at the top of the agenda. They need an outlet to unwind and get some of their frustrations out and just talk shit and, you know, badmouth people, whatever. Because obviously to the press, they have to appear 1,000% calm and steady and CEO-like. So Gruden was likely like probably 80% of coaches across sports. 80% of CEOs and public-facing figures. 80% of you. In other words, who among us wouldn't look bad if all your emails from the last 10 years were suddenly dumped to the public, every single word devoured and potentially presented totally out of context? Come on, that would get nearly everyone, and you're lying if you say it wouldn't. Who hasn't made fun, honestly, of Caitlyn Jenner at some one point or another? Now she's not even trans enough, not woke enough for the liberals. Not only the brunt of conservatives' jokes or ire because of her transition, now she's the enemy of everybody. I've heard NBA coaches and players disparage female referees privately plenty. There's a fairly common belief that many of them are there in the name of equality rather than job performance or being good officials. The revelation that Gruden stood against Eric Reed and Kaepernick uh, about standing for the anthem? Newsflash, you'd have to then fire just about every single NFL coach and owner. You can disagree with Gruden, you can disrespect him or his stance. But it's how a lot of people feel, a lot of black people and white people, many people who respect people's right to protest and might even think police brutality is a problem and so on, but still feel that voicing that during the national anthem wasn't the right way to go about it. And then there's Carl Nassib, the NFL's first openly gay active player. He's had a heck of a past few months. Came out. Yay! Courage. Bravery. Woohoo! Then he got outed as apparently maybe being conservative or a Trump supporter. Guess what the reaction to that was? Boo! Not a real gay. You can take him back. Gross. To, oh, poor Carl. Can you imagine having to deal with seeing his coach using homophobe, used homophobic language in emails 10 years ago? 
Hashtag stand with Carl. Do we see the issue here? He's a prop. Political hypocrisy. Does something which shouldn't even be news in a truly tolerant, tolerant, equitable society. He does his job well and he happens to be gay. Who cares? Shouldn't be news. But then we find out his politics go against what we think gay people should stand for. Like when we find out a black athlete or celebrities might support Trump. We turn on them with a quickness. Not really gay, not really black. Tell them how they should feel and act and vote. But now that it's politically convenient again, now. Now Carl Nassib is a symbol of oppression and pain because of something that he never would have known about in a thousand years if we didn't essentially bug John Gruden's house. Nobody has any idea what Carl Nassib really thinks about this. Nobody really knows any of the details of him and Gruden's real relationship and how, if any, John Gruden's views on gay people may have totally changed since any shortcomings five to ten years ago. All we know is he used a bad word in an email ten years ago, and now he's got to go. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. I mean... What else is there to say? Is that not the perfect way to phrase it? The Super Bowl halftime show this year. <laughs> Love it as a rap fan. Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick, Snoop. Go look at all their lyrics. I mean, come on. Eminem has been in hot water forever for saying maggot in his songs. Just like every single black rapper uses the N-word in their songs. And it's perfectly fine. As it should be. Because it's an art form and that's what they do. And Eminem has always explained it by saying he too doesn't have a hateful bone in his body. And he has nothing against gay people. And excuses his misogynistic and hateful and homophobic and everything lines by saying... It's part of the culture. It's how rap is. It's, it's He's using it to say someone's soft or, uh, you know, less than him or whatever. It's, it's, it's the art. And, you know, half the people still hate him and think he's misogynist and racist and all the ists. And 90% of people don't give a shit and think that he's a, one of the best rappers ever and phenomenal at his art. Myself included. But it's just such comedy because <laughs> he's perfectly fine, Dr. Dre's perfectly fine, Snoop's perfectly fine, etc. to say things a thousand times worse than anything that was in those John Gruden emails. But they're perfectly fine to do that. But Gruden's got to get out of there with the quickness because I don't even know why. Because we're shocked that a football coach in a private setting talks like that? How is talking like that in a private setting worse than talking like that in a public setting in all your lyrics? Dispersed to millions and millions. Emails. Domestic violence, rape, abuse, drugs. 
commonplace in rap lyrics, commonplace in the actions, honestly, of a, of a fair number of rappers, fair number of athletes. Emails we're talking about. Emails. Practice? We're talking about emails. Chappelle said it best. The baby got in far more trouble for some weird, possibly homophobic comments about AIDS than he did for likely murdering someone in the middle of a Walmart. I didn't even know about that. Of course, everybody knew about the baby being canceled and his homophobia and stupid comments that, you know, got him put on ice and and canceled a bunch of people never going to listen to him again, removed from 20 shows, etc., etc. I didn't have a clue that he literally killed somebody until Chappelle brought it up. Remember when I said John Gruden didn't need to apologize for hurting anybody? Said he never meant to hurt anyone? Yeah, because he didn't. He had a private email thread that, yes, we've raided, no pun intended, and leaked and put so much woke pressure on the Raiders that Gruden apparently felt the only solution was to resign in humiliation. And yes, there are countless, like I said, NFL players who have literally committed crimes, still employed, Richard Sherman, Tyreek Hill, done things far worse than sent inappropriate emails, but enough people are already talking about all that, so I won't go there. I'll just mention one thing that hasn't been talked about a ton, but Tashawn Reed, Raiders beat writer for The Athletic, who happens to be black, has been pretty vicious uh, on Gruden throughout, pretty uh, demanding and leading of charges that he's got to go and needs to get fired, etc., etc. He's also been playing the victim throughout, upset that apparently, I guess, white Raiders fans are telling him how to feel. He tweeted, quote, Folks are really in my replies trying to tell me, a black guy, what black people should consider racist. He posted, quote, Let it go to Sean, mocking the people who are telling him just that and you know, again, just playing the victim about these people that are trying to tell him, how dare they tell him how to feel about what's racist and how he should react to Grun's emails. But here's the best part. Here's the kicker. It, as happens literally always, someone dug up a 2016 tweet from Tashan. It reads, I only like a good five white people who aren't family. Am I racist or... Let me say that again. I only like a good five white people. Now, nothing should really happen to to Sean. No, I'm not personally offended by it. It's obviously a joke, but it's a racist joke. Imagine if a white person, even in a joke, tweeted that they only like a good five black people. We all know what would happen. They'd never be able to step in public again. That's part of the issue. Total double standards for what's worthy of canceling. And the fact that we can't have an honest conversation about that is troubling. Someone said online, you know, a lot of people have echoed too, Gruden had to resign because there's no one left to defend him. He insulted just about every protected group. Not true. He didn't say a bad word about Jews. 
So, as a Jew, I'm glad to step in and defend him. Joking, obviously, but in seriousness, I'll try to empathize. What if Gruen had said someone was a cheap Jew? What if he used an anti-Semitic slur? Here's the thing. I'd survive. I might respect Gruden less, like I honestly do now in response to these leaked emails. I might not like him at all. But he's a football coach, not a moral authority, not Mother Teresa, not my mole my mole rattle, not my role model, not my father, not Miss America. He's a football coach. We buy Ben and Jerry's because we like their ice cream, not because of their owner's bizarre, nonsensical political views. We eat Chick-fil-A because they have good chicken, not because we condone anything the owners of believe about homosexuals and their fucked up worldview. We eat it because of the chicken. I'd probably be sad that Gruden has bigoted anti-Semitic views. I'd support some type of training, punishment, repair. But his job? I don't need that for emails 10 years ago. For stuff that is a mix of jokes, stuff that wasn't personal, wasn't directed at me. And I never would have seen it if it remained private like it was supposed to. And if you don't believe me, well, look at my track record. Remember when LeBron got in hot water with the Jews for posting on Instagram a rap lyric? 21 Savage. I've been getting that kosher money every... Just kosher money. God, I can't talk anymore. Been getting that Jewish money. Everything is kosher. It was absurd outrage culture. I defended LeBron strongly. There's no evidence of him being anti-Semitic just because he quoted a rap lyric. He's not responsible for the content of everything in the music he listens to or quotes. He quoted it because it's a catchy lyric. Which it is. And even as a Jew, I had no problem with the lyric. While the Jews run the world trope clearly is anti-Semitic and dangerous, why would I get offended at all by the notion that Jews have money or are good with money? It's a compliment, especially in rap. It's a light-headed, who-cares compliment. In rap lyric Cliff Notes, he was bragging about making good money and did wordplay or whatever with Jewish money and kosher. Double meaning like everything's copacetic and because some Jews keep kosher with their food. It's funny. He needed a word to rhyme with roadster, mimosa, toaster, so there came kosher. It's good rap. Perfectly fine for LeBron to listen to and dance to. Anti-Semitic, get over yourself. Even when Myers Leonard used the Jewish equivalent of the N-word... I was disappointed, but I didn't support him losing his job. I took Myers at his word that he had no idea what it meant. Video appeared to show it basically come out as verbal diarrhea and attempting to just throw out insult trash as people apparently do on video games. And he said maybe he'd heard it or seen it somewhere and just spewed it out without realizing what it meant. Which kind of passes the common sense test. Because it doesn't really make sense to just shout out a massive anti-Semitic slur intentionally during a video game you know is being live-streamed. So I supported Myers getting another chance. A chance to learn what it meant, do better, make sure it never happened again. 
And so far, Myers has done that. If he is still an NBA-caliber player, then he deserves to be back in the NBA. You see, organizations that theoretically stand for justice and equality and have the backs of marginalized groups, the ADL, GLAD, whoever, they increasingly now don't pass the laugh test, and they end up honestly setting progressivism back by the constant stick they have up their ass. You have better things to be outraged about than a 21 Savage rap lyric. Especially, fellow Jews, because every group of people ever has been dragged through the mud in rap lyrics. You can't only be outraged when they say one barely offensive thing about Jews. If you're not going to stand up for every single other group that's ever had tropes or outright disgusting things said about them in rap lyrics. You have better things to be outraged about than a stand-up comedian doing what he literally does, stand-up comedy that pushes the boundaries, having a wildly popular Netflix special that you're welcome to ignore entirely if you want. But don't try to ruin it for everybody else or demand Netflix remove it or censor opposing opinions, especially when expressed in the always offensive to someone world of stand-up. You have better things to be outraged about than decades-old John Gruden emails. Are you willing to release every single text message, email, conversation you've had over the past decade with anybody? Will you look good if that was posted in the New York Times? Your Honor, I rest my case. Thanks for listening. Scout with Brian podcast. Scout with Brian on Instagram, YouTube, B. Oringer NBA on Twitter, B O R I N G H E R N B A on Twitter. Obviously, Scout with Brian podcast, rate, review, subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. And then patreon.com slash Scout with Brian is the best place to support. Thanks again for listening. NBA season right around the corner. We'll get to a whole bunch of that soon. Thanks for listening to some thoughts on John Gruden, cancel culture, Jason Collins, and what's still a pretty pervasive, unfortunate homophobia in sports, and even in basketball in particular. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.